This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It is hour two on this Thursday edition of Sportsnet Today. Logan Gordon and Julian McKenzie along with you. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For our good friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems at all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Hour one. Lots of flame stock. Also dived into Oliver Shillington, his story as he gets set to uh, return to game action tonight with the Calgary Wranglers. Also a great chat with our pal Adnan Verk on all things NFL ahead of wildcard weekend kicking off on Saturday. So if you missed any of that, check us out on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. Still to come this hour, of course, we're getting you set for a Flames game day, the Flames and the Arizona Coyotes. Six o'clock, Flames warm up with Pat Steinberg. Seven o'clock, Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson on the call right here on your home of the Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, Julian, how's that ankle doing, man? Oh, it uh, still hurts. <laughs> still hurts. But, uh, you know, it's funny, like, I've, I've never... It's not even that funny, actually. Just having a bum ankle just sucks. I'm just hopping around my apartment, putting so much more pressure on my right foot. It, I, I, I hate it. I, it's like, you know, you know, when you go through your life and you appre- you don't, you take for granted the fact that you can walk. Or oh yeah. You can have two clear, you know, nasal portals <laughs> and all that. Like. I'm in one of those moments right now where it's just kind of like, I really miss the days when I could just walk from one room to another and not hop. That's basically how I feel right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be in a good mood about it, but I just can't do it. I'm sorry. At least doing this show has helped. Those were the good days, right? The, the walking days were the good days. And uh, <laughs> yes, that's my uh, hobbled co-host, uh, Julian McKenzie. If you missed it uh, during hour one, uh, Julian's going to be joining us on Thursdays and Fridays here on the program going forward and very excited and happy to have uh, Julian along for the ride with us here on Sportsnet today. We heard from head coach Ryan Huska a little bit earlier on in the program. Let's continue to uh, get you set for tonight's matchup with the Arizona Coyotes. Let's check in with the captain. It was a milestone night for him on Tuesday at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Now uh, officially passing Mark Giordano for second on the all-times game played list for the Calgary Flames. Uh, here's Michael Backlund had a game 200, uh, 900, excuse me, 950 uh, of his Flames in NHL career. It's a lot of games. It's a lot of games. Uh, his ankle's doing better than Julian's as they get set to take on the Coyotes <laughs> uh, later tonight. There's forever. I'm super excited about it. It's uh, so special and um, so great that we have it on, you know, just with the technology nowadays, we have it all on our phones. So in a few years, when Tilly understands even more and Oliver, they yeah. can look back at it. So it was super exciting next day. Still repeating the names next morning and looking <laughs> at the videos and stuff. And yeah, it's pretty cool. That is amazing. Yeah. And uh, tell me just about how special just to have your dad here too. Yeah, all the time it was great. Like uh, when, we book, when we decided on the father's trip, but I didn't know it was going to be around the same time as my going ahead of Gio. So it makes it even more special to have my dad here. Uh, 
both last game and tonight. Um, I think it's whole position, so uh, it feels really cool to have him here. That's awesome. you, you mentioned the loyalty aspect of uh, you know your dad's life too. I mean, when did that kind of dawn on you that there was like some similarities there in the path and just having that you know the tenure uh, with organizations like the way they have. Yeah, no. Um, I always looked up to my dad and my my grandpa. My dad's dad was one of my or probably my favorite person in the whole world, and um, they both uh, did their work and uh, stayed in the same company for a very long time. And uh, um, yeah, no, I thought about it that it's probably meant to be the same for me. And uh, uh, but it was funny enough though when I talked to him before, he was like, you know, I was surprised when uh, in the summer too. I was thinking, it's like, yeah, he's. You know, when asked about what I should do, and he's just like, "Yeah, no." Uh, him being a 33, 35 years some company, I thought he was gonna for sure be like, "Oh, you should 100 percent stay." But he was also a little, "Yeah, you see what happens." But so I was surprised when he did that, said that. But uh, in the end, I think he, he's always said, "You know, you never know what you will get, but you know what you have is usually really good." And uh, we love Calgary, and it's such a special place for us. There you go. That's Flames captain Michael Backlund checking in on a game day from Arizona. Let's uh, take a look at the opponent for the Calgary Flames tonight. It is the Arizona Coyotes right in the midst of that uh, playoff battle in the Western Conference with the Calgary Flames. Uh, to do that, very happy to go down the Alice Peach and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon and welcome in Remy Masti to join us uh, to chat all things Arizona Coyotes. Remy, thanks for the time today. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Hey, appreciate you taking the time, man. Uh, exciting times in Arizona. Some of the young guys coming up, and we're starting the new year off talking about uh, the Arizona Coyotes right in the midst of that playoff race, I imagine. Uh, it's a good place for the Coyotes to be after a couple of down seasons in the desert. Yeah, it's definitely been an exciting year right now for the Coyotes. Kind of uncharted territory for the team. They started off pretty hot, and especially through December, they won on a big winning streak. And right now, they're just on the outside looking into the playoff picture right now. They went on a little three-game skid recently, playing Florida, the Islanders, and Winnipeg, which was tough, but then they're coming off a big win against Boston. So a really good time for Coyotes fans right now. Uh, Who have been some of the standouts uh, for this group uh, so far this season? I'm going to ask you, obviously about Logan Cooley coming up in just a few moments here. But when you look at some of the bright spots for this team, as we kind of get close to the halfway mark of the season, who would you point to on this Arizona squad? Yeah, I, right now, I think that the key players so far, Connor Ingram, the goaltender has been playing at an all-star level. I would say, especially through the end of November into December, he went on a big five game winning streak. He's really up there in gold against average and save percentage in the Western Conference. And it's just his, he's cool, calm, and collective in net. He's a big reason why the Coyotes are at this point. Obviously, Clayton Keller, named to another All-Star game. He has 34 points on the season. He's been outstanding, as usual. And a guy like Matias Michelli keeps expanding his game. Lawson Krause leads the team at 16 goals. So, it's players by committee a lot of guys are stepping up this year for the team uh what's it been like year one for for logan cooley i know there was a ton of excitement around getting him signed up and he's uh 39 games into his first nhl season what have you made uh, of number 92 and one of the nhl's top prospects uh getting into the lineup for the coyotes 
As for all rookies, I would say Logan Gooley has been going through some growing pains, but overall, I think that his game has really improved through the season. He's just needs to, I guess, develop more as a two-way center. He had that offensive game. He shows the explosiveness, but I think that the consistency is key. Obviously, the three goals on the season don't really jump off the charts, but Obviously, Coach Andre Tarani has not has said really that it's not a huge deal about the stats right now, and it's all about his development and just the way he plays on the ice. And I think he's developing well. He's moved to the wing for a few games, but he'll be back at center tonight against the Flames. Uh, Logan Gordon, along with you here on Sportsnet today, joined by my co-host this afternoon, Julian McKenzie. Julian. Uh, Remy, how would you rate the job of Andre Tourigny as head coach for the Arizona Coyotes? We know he joined in 2021. He's been guiding along this team that has all these young players and playoffs weren't necessarily the expectation in those first two years. But now that they are at least knocking on the door of a wild card spot, what have been those expectations for him this year and how have they changed with how things have been going for the team this year? Yeah, Andre Tourigny has completely changed the culture for the Coyotes. He came in two seasons two seasons ago and maybe the results don't show it but over time the culture of this team have has just really grown because of this coach and he was awarded a contract extension uh this offseason so that just shows the trust that this management group has in tyranny and he's known to be a player's coach and all the players really love playing for him the locker room is a great environment to be around, and I think obviously that shows. It's a tennis a testament to tyranny. Um, I wonder what his future will be with that organization. If I understand correctly, signed a three year contract uh, in twenty twenty one. Are we hearing any word about an extension? He seems like he should be the guy for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I believe so. He just got an extension, so obviously there's not much talk about another one just oh. yet. But I think he oh, is. Oh, sorry, if I, if I missed job. that. He, yeah, he, he got a contract extension this past summer, so there's no talk of a future one, but he is the guy for the job. They trust him for going forward into the future. And I think that he's, again, has really helped grow in the culture. And now they're competing for playoffs. And He's a big reason why. Uh, but okay. yeah, I, I think with Andre Tourigny, just him doing his job up in Arizona, that is good that he's been able to make that happen here. In terms of those expectations for playoffs, though, uh, the fact that they are in that really tight Western Conference wildcard chase uh, with guys like Edmonton and Nashville just knock, just right above them right now. Uh, is this, would you say that this is kind of what was expected of this team entering this year, that they should be in that type of fight? I think that that was the goal. I wouldn't say it was necessarily expected. It's a little bit of a surprise for me, but they do have the team. They have the goaltending. Both Ingram and Vidmelka have been playing very well. They have three or four really solid lines offensively, and defensively they're figuring it out, obviously, with the additions of Sean Dursey and Matt Dumba. So they have a deep team, and it's mixed with young guys and veterans as well. So maybe it wasn't necessarily expected by the general public, but they have a playoff caliber team in the Western Conference, and it should be interesting to see if they could stay at that level. 
talking about Connor Ingram, you've mentioned him a couple times here, Remy. How big of a surprise has he been to this group uh, in Arizona? I know Vimelka was dealing with some injury issues and hasn't played as much as Ingram, but I don't know if a lot of people outside of Arizona knew much about Connor Ingram or thought that we'd be seeing this much of him this season. Yeah, honestly, it's funny that you asked that question because I asked Andre Tarani a few weeks ago if he's surprised about Ingram's performance, and he just said flat out he's not surprised because he knew that Ingram could play at this level, and he's always known that he could play at this level. So it's not a surprise for the team, and again, it seems like it's a surprise for the general public, but the coach and all his teammates are really not surprised by Ingram's performance thus far. And I guess what's the plan for that going forward uh, in your mind? Is this going to be a, a situation like a 1A, 1B sort of thing where you see Vimelka and, and Ingram kind of st- split starts or kind of whoever's hottest at the time is going to be the guy that goes for the Coyotes? Is it going to be something like that rather than a traditional starter backup role that we see for a lot of teams? Right now, it's a goalie by committee. Both Ingram and Vichmalka are both playing well, so there's no reason to go with one over the other. They're kind of splitting games. As of right now, Ingram has a slight lead in games just because he had that hot stretch like a few months, a few weeks ago. So he kind of took the starting role for a little bit, but Vimelka kind of found his game again. So it is a goalie by committee, more of a 1A, 1B type situation. Remy, please give me your honest thoughts on Mullet Arena. I got to go to a game there last year. Uh, it, it has its unique charms and quirks, but I would love to know your thoughts on the arena. I think it's uh, it's definitely a unique arena, a unique atmosphere, especially for the press, where the press box is basically in the stands. So there are yes. perks you could see. You have a good view, but sometimes, you know, when the fans – stand up it's a little bit hard to see especially last game in yes. that overtime thriller when everyone was standing up i had to stand i had to stand up in my seat because i could barely see but it's definitely a unique and cool experience to be there obviously it's a short-term situation for the team but going to a game there is definitely a necessary experience i feel like for all hockey fans like I like just to touch off on that. Uh, the one game I was at last year was obviously Flames and Coyotes, and every time a goal was scored, the fans would get up, and you can't see anything in, in front of you at that point. It's it's really annoying, but like it's really still just. I'll say this: yes, it's a short term situation uh, for their sake. A lot of people are hoping that they get that event situ- event center situation sorted out, but it, I, I do like the charm and the quirkiness of a small arena just working out at least in the interim for an NHL team. Like if you're playing like NHL and like, that's an arena you can actively like play in. Like that's like a funny little like thing you should be able. That's like, that would be like a funny special Easter egg type of thing. Like, I don't think that's going to be a lot. It's not gonna be a long-term thing, but I I've always just yeah. thought it was hilarious to see that arena kind of, kind of shake out and also see some of the visiting fans come in as well at least when i was there for calgary that that seemed like that and i i also wonder from your vantage point too uh, is it a spot where a lot of visiting fans like show up and they make themselves known or have coyotes fans just embraced it a lot more obviously it kind of depends on the team like recently obviously when they played boston there were practically like half boston fans it seemed like there were a lot of bruins fans there there obviously the coyotes fans do show up for the support but 
a lot of visiting fans like to go to these games, and it's just a unique experience to see both sides. Uh, Remy, just a couple more for you as we're taking a look at the uh, opposition tonight for the Calgary Flames. It's the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, you mentioned expectations maybe weren't uh, for this team to necessarily lock down a playoff spot, but uh, as we talked to you today, it's hard not to look at this group and go, okay, they got three second-round picks this year, four next year, three in 2026. I wonder if this team would be aggressive around the trade deadline to sort of add some pieces if they were, say, around a playoff spot when the trade deadline rolls around in March. Have those conversations started to creep up around the team, or is it still, look, we're, we're a young team and we're just focused on building in-house? I haven't personally heard any conversations about the trade deadline just yet. There is still a little bit of time, so anything could happen. I'm not sure if the Coyotes are in the playoff hunt, by the trade deadline, I could see them making a couple small moves, but I don't believe that they're looking to sacrifice their future assets for just rental-type players. I think that they're still focused on the future, obviously happy about where they are now, but they, I don't think that they would want to sacrifice any future assets for players who are just rentals. Uh, and last so, one. Oh, sorry, oh, go ahead, Julian. I was just going to say, if you were a general manager uh, at the deadline, uh, you're touched on the fact you wouldn't want to sell off those futures. Like, what would be your plan for, for, the, for the Arizona Coyotes if they continue to keep at the pace they're at? I think I would go out and make a couple smaller moves. I don't think a, a big splash is necessary, especially if it costs for a first rounder, a top prospect. I really don't think that would be worth it for the team. But maybe make a couple small moves to add some depth to the lineup. I think that would be the most ideal course of action for them. Uh, last one for me, Remy. It's interesting looking at Cap Friendly when you look at this team and uh, of the eight defensemen that Cap Friendly has listed uh, for the Coyotes today, none of them have a contract heading into next year. It's a mix of, of UFAs and RFAs. I imagine that's going to be a big focus for Bill Armstrong as the year rolls on and they get closer to, you know, some UFA status. I know Sean Dursey's a guy that they've been really happy with, but out of that group, who do you see them building around in the next couple of seasons? Like out of this group that we're talking about with expiring deals, who are the guys that you think Bill Armstrong is going to focus in on and try to keep around? I think that they're obviously they're building around the young players like Logan Cooley and Clayton Keller. There are a couple guys on expiring contract. You have Jason Zucker, Matt Dumba, a couple of these veteran-type players. I think that based on what I see, I think that they all like the culture and like to be around Arizona. So I could see them attempting to re-sign them. You never know what could happen in the offseason. But I think that the Coyotes really like where they're at as a team and would like to retain these players. Remy, really appreciate the time. Uh, had some trouble getting a hold of you, but appreciate you uh, sticking in with us there. Great stuff today. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, hope we can do this again soon, man. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate I really it. enjoyed it. Thanks, Remy. Appreciate it. Have a good yeah. night, man. Thank you. You too. Remy Masti joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline, taking a look at the opposition for the Calgary Flames. It's the Arizona Coyotes who sit uh, a point ahead of the Calgary Flames in the standings as we look at the Western Conference uh, on this game day. 39 games into the season for Arizona, 2017 
and two. Um, uh, we probably haven't talked about them enough, Julian, because I think you know teams like Vancouver have probably dominated the surprise factor. But this is kind of a good luck story in Arizona as some of those youngsters are starting to perform and and taking that next step for Arizona. Yeah, I, I think it's a fair way of describing that story. And I'll say this: it, it, at some point, they were going to have to, you know get out of the basement and not just be this bad team. And they did show it in, in, in parts of last year. Right. And looking at some of the younger players, they've been able to, to, to kind of put on that roster. You mentioned the Logan Cooley, uh, but that, you look at that defense, a guy like a Yusuf Alamaki, who a lot of flames fans are familiar with in this market. He seems to have been able to find a home for himself here. Um, I, I think the fact that the coyotes are, are, are making their way up in the standings. And again, that race for that wild card spot is going to be tough. Um, but the fact that the Coyotes are there, this is a really good step for them. You can't be if uh, for all these teams who go through rebuilds and, and retools and whatnot. At some point, you need to up the ante. The standards need to be raised. And for a team like the Arizona Coyotes to be in a race like this, the guys on this team, they're, they, they relish that. And there's an opportunity. Uh, for 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 them to take advantage of a playoff spot here, and and I know I kind of flubbed it with uh, Tuhini in the interview here, but he really is the guy for that market. A young coach who's able to appeal to those players, and he's able to build with them, and to have some kind of continuity with that roster and the head coach, they're actually doing right uh, in the front office in Arizona on that regard. And on the other side of that, I do wonder too if maybe they get closer to the trade deadline, and maybe they're not in a realistic push for a playoff spot. Does a team look at an expiring guy like Jason Zucker or a Matt Dumba, maybe even a, a Troy Stetcher? Do you move Stetcher out again if you're, you're Arizona looking you to, to pick up some assets? I think they're going to be an interesting team to watch, whether they're in the playoff mix in, an, in two months' time or whether they've uh, fallen out of the race uh, a bit because they've got some interesting UFAs to look at as well. He's Julian McKenzie. I'm Logan Gordon. This is Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. When we come back, we'll put a bow on the show. We've got uh, lots to get to. Uh, it's a Flames game day, and uh, we'll hear more from the Calgary Flames. Uh, when we come back, it's Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, Logan and Julian putting a wrap on hour two of Sportsnet Today on this frigid Calgary afternoon. It is a Flames game day. Flames and the Coyotes. Part of 13 games on the NHL schedule. Flames coverage starts at 6 o'clock tonight with Pat Steinberg. 7 o'clock, Flames hockey with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, you can also watch tonight's game on Sportsnet 1. Lots of other action to talk about. Uh, The other Sportsnet channels, you can tune in to the red-hot Vancouver Canucks in Pittsburgh to take on... Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. Sportsnet West will have the Oilers in Detroit as they get to take on the Red Wings. Other Canadian teams in action just saw Ottawa in Calgary on Tuesday. They're in Buffalo for the battle of two uh, disappointing teams. Uh, John Tavares is back again in New York to take on the Islanders. And your late game tonight, uh, one of your later games tonight, Chicago and Winnipeg going from the peg. Uh, Julian, we didn't have a chance to talk about this, but uh, thought it'd be a good time to to jump into it with you. I'm curious to get your thoughts. Jamie Drysdale made his Philadelphia Flyers debut Wednesday night in a game against the Montreal Canadiens. They picked up a big win 
Did you just say Canadians? Canadians. Just say Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> I'm tired of people trying to add the whole yen. I knew that was going to happen. Like just, like, just say Canadians. It's 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 this basic thing. Like, don't need to reinvent the wheel of how you pronounce it. Like Americans, it's one thing, but you're you're a Canadian-born person. You I should am. know better. I should know better. Um, anyway, that was deserved, and I knew that was going to happen when I did that. But uh, Jimmy, so Dry- you just did that to get a rise out of <laughs> maybe me, is what you're saying? A little here. bit. Only that is I just love- insane. It's only because I love you. I love though. you. T- I love you too. But like, I, this is day one of this. <laughs> I won't like, do, what am I gonna, I won't do it again. I promise. promise. I promise. Are you just going to start like mispronouncing like players' names? Like, say, like I'm, I'm primarily anglophone, and I'm not someone who's going to be like, yo. Pure, pure land, Québécois, like <laughs> en français, s'il plaît, and all that, but like, you know, like, or put respect, like, you know, like, what's going on here? Just be better. Just be better. Just be better. It's okay. Anyway, I'm, I'm cutting into your intro. No, I'm that's sorry. okay. No, I hey, uh, I appreciate. It. It's nice to have somebody along to uh, to bug me about my intro. Uh, Jimmy Drysdale picked up an assist last night in the Flyers shootout win over uh, the Habs. He played 1946. In his Flyers debut, that was second on the team behind only Travis Sanheim. And man, what a week it's been going back and forth between the Cutter Goche side of things and the Flyers and their PR push. I kind of felt bad for Jamie Drysdale in this whole thing because I felt like he kind of got overlooked in this. And I, I talked to Jason Buka, one of our uh, Sportsnet analysts and these uh, former head of scouting with the Florida Panthers, and and he mentioned it, and I couldn't agree more. Like, the Flyers are getting a pretty big piece of this back. I know Jimmy Drysdale dealt with a, a major injury that cost him uh, a lot of time, but I don't think getting a, a right-shot defenseman at 21 years old, who's a former sixth overall pick, can be lost in the shuffle either. I guess, Julian, you know, long way of, of asking you, but how did you get to this whole – how did you feel about this whole situation with the Ducks and the Flyers and that – Goche news kind of catching us all off guard. Man, there's a lot to unpack with that. Um, first off, I still I still can't wrap my brain about why Cutter Gauthier went the route that he did. I completely understand that uh, players in a situation, they do have the right to do that. I also understand the market that we're in. It's a bit of a sensitive subject. Uh, but I will also but I'm still just a bit lost, right? Like, I mean, you could tell me better than anybody. But like Adam Fox, I mean, he had his reasons for not wanting to sign his way to New York. Uh, there have been other players in the history of time who have been in this similar situation uh, who at least some th- some kind of reason was out there. It feels like with, with Cutter Gauthier, we're going to be left picking up the pieces and trying to make sense of stuff. And whatever from we've been given uh, this week, whether it's the Kevin Hayes thing or John Tortorella or bonus overages, it feels like it just doesn't, it doesn't it, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. Like we don't like it's not it. It's either been refuted or it just doesn't make sense in our minds. Did you see John Tortorella last night uh go at uh the podcaster in Philadelphia who said that Kevin Hayes had something to do with this, only for Kevin Hayes to go out and deny it? Like this is such an insane story that just devolves day after day. And Carter Gauthier, look, it's his I'm not saying that he absolutely has to tell us everything. At the end of the day, it's his call, but we're just going to be left speculating until we get the real story from somebody uh, about why he wouldn't want to go to Philly. But you're absolutely right. Jamie Drysdale is no small fries inside order. Like 
that's a that's a good defenseman that the Philadelphia Flyers were able to get. If you're a Flyers fan this year, the team is playing better than expected. There, it seems as if they're responding to John Tortorella. You have a high impact prospect in Matt Mitchkov who is years away, but when he's ready, man, like adding him to this team, that would be really fun. And while, hey, you know what? Maybe you make the playoffs, maybe you don't. But at the very least, you still get a prospect that helps you in your efforts to be better. Like, I mean, I could be wrong, but that's pretty decent if you're Philadelphia. You get a second round pick on top of that, too. Let's not forget about the fact that they get another pick in all of this, right? And Anaheim's not very high in the standings. It's a late first round. No. Yeah. And even I think it's a 2025 second round pick, but like that's still pretty good. If you're Philadelphia coming out of this, I think, and I, and and I, I there's obviously for Tristel, he'll need that more time to adjust himself properly. I, I saw the other comments that Torts put out earlier this week, where uh, he went at the media for asking him about being at practice 30 minutes in. But I, I if you're the Flyers, I like it. Travis Sandheim's been having a really good year on that team, and then you had Jamie Drysdale. Like, you don't need to win. Eh? But in order, just like I mentioned earlier with the Arizona Coyotes, when you're going through that process, you need some kind of progression. And if you're the Philadelphia Flyers, I have to say, like, this is this is pretty good. It sucks. Cutter Gauthier doesn't want to be a part of that. And they found a way to to keep that quiet, which is also incredible. But getting Jamie Drysdale and a pick out of it, I don't think that's that bad of a return. Uh, you mentioned John Tortorella uh, at his press conference Wednesday night after their win against Montreal was curious which reporter had put that Kevin Hayes news out there. Uh, and uh, here, if you missed it, is what uh, Torts had to say about that whole situation Wednesday after their game against Montreal. Is the is the guy here? Is there? Doesn't the guy here that that caused Kevin Hayes a problem? Yes. You? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Do you think Kevin Hayes is going to do something like that? It's Any last questions? Person letting the first two by him. It, it just it pisses me off that, that you guys throw that around and affect someone's life. Kevin Hayes and I had a problem. Uh, we couldn't come to an agreement how to play. That's a good man. That's a good man. And, and what you said is going to stay with him. It'll, it'll, that, that's what you guys don't understand. You say something, and you're going to sit there and say you have the right source. And I call That's Flyers Damn. coach John Tornarella. And and look, I'll say this from, from two sides. First things first, don't ever, like sports is, again, a luxury that we get in life. Don't ever take sports serious enough that you threaten a guy or his family or say terrible things about, past family members over sports because of what somebody might have said to somebody. Like if, if you were one of those people that, that said that to Kevin Hayes because you heard this guy said he might have influenced Cutter Gauthier's decision, back up a second. Don't ever take sports serious enough to be one of those people because that's a disgusting way to to handle your business. But second of all, good on John Tortorella for – you know, having the guts to go out there, and I mean, anyone surprised that Torch said what he was feeling because uh, that guy does no, that no all the time. But you know what? It's he's right. You have to when these situations happen, and Julian, you know this: the power of social media and what we say as reporters and what we report on, you know, can go a long way. And you've got, and I'm sure 
Anthony uh, Sanfilippo has his has his sources and, and is going to stick by them. But you do have to be careful what you say and, you know, how it's portrayed to people. And I give John Tortorella a lot of credit for sticking up for Kevin Hayes, who, as he mentioned, didn't see things eye to eye on the ice, but doesn't mean he's a bad person and doesn't mean that he's out to sabotage the Philadelphia Flyers. I thought that was a really important statement from John Tortorella last night. I still can't believe that John Tortorella, he goes into this press conference and is looking for the person who he wants to tear into. And uh, I believe it was Anthony Sanfilippo, uh, the journalist who was on that podcast, who said what he said and was in the room. Yeah. Like, Torts is like, hey, is this guy here? And he's like, yes. <laughs> and and then Torts goes into it. Like, like Anthony, I, I, I'm with you there. Like, you got to be careful with what you say. And I'm not trying to defend Anthony at all. I'm trying. I'm just surprised at how, like, Torts is not the Torts is not an easy guy to deal with in these scrums. And the fact that he was looking for you and he was like, "Yeah, I'm that guy." Like, I was stunned by that. The one other thing I have a gripe with, um, and I, I don't know, maybe you you tell me how you feel about it. The one thing I hate is that people will look at that exchange. And they will just kind of paint the media with a broad brush and just be like, that's the problem with the media culture today and all these media people asking these dumb questions. This is a guy who was in the wrong. I'm not out here gonna I'm not gonna challenge his credentials or anything like that. I don't know him like that. But what I don't like is seeing people who look at that clip and yes, they 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 have every right to praise John Tortorella for what he did. And I don't necessarily have a problem with what he did. What I don't like is seeing people after the fact just kind of dump on the industry as a whole. And, and paint everyone with a broad brush, which I think people are doing. And it's all because of one guy who made a mistake that shouldn't take away from the work, like from people like Kevin Kurz and Jackie Spiegel in that market or Charlie O'Connor, uh, who I don't think would do anything similar like what this guy did. So I, I hope people keep that in mind. But I, I also think John Tortorella was right to clear the air that way and i think he had every right to 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 speak his mind and and i don't necessarily have an issue with that no i don't no me neither and we did hear more from cutter goche uh we've been waiting for him to to do some media with the anaheim ducks he's done a, a podcast with their uh website and has spoken to some local media and uh here's a quote uh, from him today again kind of still i don't want to say dodging but just really not diving into any of the specifics that led to this uh, from uh, his uh, interviews today, quote, it wasn't one specific reason I asked for a trade. It was multiple reoccurring issues that I'd seen over the past year and a half, two years of being under the Flyers organization. It kind of hit me all at once thinking I can't move forward with this, end quote. And look, uh, Elliot Friedman has, you know, passed along his information that perhaps it was a dispute over um, bonuses and uh, him willing to wanting to come out of college, um, and the Flyers not being okay with that because they didn't want to jump into uh, to bonus money uh, into next season. I don't know if that's the case. We've heard that you know the Flyers sent John Leclaire and and Patrick Sharp, two very respected NHLers who are in their player development uh, organization, to Sweden to Gothenburg to speak with with Cutter when he's playing with Team USA and Cutter had his his coach go out and tell them no he's not speaking to you guys I'm I'm dead curious you and I don't know like you're right if we'll ever get the the exact answer to it but 
to hear a, a kid in a place like Philly just cut all ties and be like, I'm not talking to you. I don't care if you come to my college campus. I don't care if you come to see me at the World Juniors. I'm not even giving you the time of day has been mind-blowing to me because that is like cut the cord. Like what did he see in the Flyers organization that made him literally not want have want to have anything to do with them? And, and the wild thing too is my understanding is these issues stem from when the previous regime was in place. So like Keith Jones and Danny Briere who are leading the charge of Philadelphia might not have had anything to do with why Carter Gauthier uh, decided he didn't want to be a Philadelphia flyer. Like this has been a situation going on for months. And then obviously the world junior stuff happens and it comes to a head and they have to move on. But I'm really curious as to why Carter Gauthier did what he did and, and ghosted the team. And man, I, I, I don't, I feel like it's going to be one of those things where Carter Gauthier one day goes on a podcast and <laughs> goes into why he hated uh, being a, we didn't like the idea of being a Philadelphia Flyer. There, remember, there were people who who were throwing around the idea that because he grew up a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, <laughs> he didn't want to be a Philadelphia Flyer. It's got to be more than that. It has to be. And even the bonus thing, I was talking to Pat the about bonus this thing. at the Flames game yeah. on Tuesday, Julian. I'm like, you really think he'd cut off ties with the group because they didn't want to dump into to to bonus money for him, like? I mean, I can't imagine that was enough for him to be like, I'm out of here. Don't even talk to me. Like, trade me it doesn't make somewhere else. I, that can't be enough either, right? It doesn't make sense to me. And uh, on, on on the Chris Johnston show, I kept saying to, to CJ, it doesn't make sense to me. I want to know why. And I'm going to keep asking why until we get some kind of resolution here. Because... I don't know. Like if, if it's the coaching thing, well, coaches don't have that light long of a lifespan. You might not have John Tortorella that long. Uh, we know it's not because of Kevin Hayes and what he might have said, or if he said anything at all, it doesn't seem like he did. I mean, they went out and, and, and denied anything and Kevin Hayes as well. Uh, bonus overages. Like really like are we? I saw a cap friendly or, or Puckpedia pedal out number. Are we really going to wrangle over tens of thousands of dollars considering what you could be making as an NHL player? Like really? Like, Something he something must have happened. Uh, something must have happened. I, yeah. I something really wild happened, and Cutter just said, "You know what? This isn't the organization for me. This has to be the case." And we're going to be asking those questions for for quite some time. But hey, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers—they uh, still get Jamie Drysdale out of it. They still get a second round pick out of it. Uh, tough, but still tough luck for a franchise who has obviously never benefited from anything like this. Yeah. Uh, so they'll go in a different direction and. Uh, we'll continue the conversation maybe uh, another day, Julian, about uh, the stockpile of forwards that the Flyer or the excuse me, the Anaheim Ducks now have uh, after Leo Carlson, uh, Mason McTavish, now Cutter Gauthier uh, joins that organization. Uh, Pat Verbeek's got himself a, a stockpile of players, and uh, won't that be fun to look at uh, for the next couple of years if you're a fan of the Anaheim Ducks? But we got to put a bow on the show here on this Thursday. We got to pass things over. Uh, as the afternoon goes on, first things first, uh, again, wanted to welcome and, and thank Julian McKenzie for being along with us. Uh, J-Mac's been a, a great asset, a great friend uh, since coming to Calgary. Uh, always enjoy hanging out with him at the games and uh, couldn't be more stoked to have him uh, along with us on Thursday and Friday. So first of all, uh, great to have you along, Julian. This has been a blast, man. I can't wait to keep doing it with you. 
Me too, man. Uh, thanks, thanks so much for putting up with uh, my uh, hijinks today. Uh, <laughs> I'll be back in studio hopefully uh, next time. So uh, yeah, this was really fun, and and thanks to to, to Cam and Shan uh, producing today with their help as well. Yes, they've been outstanding as they usually are. Uh, if you missed any of it, lots of Flames Coyotes discussion on the program today. Also dove into the NFL topics ahead of Wild Card Weekend with our pal Adnan Verk. You can find all of it wherever you get your podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcatcher is. would love to have you along for the ride. So thank you to Julian. Thank you to Cam and Shan. Thank you for listening, whether live or on the podcast. We appreciate it. Stay warm out there. If you're going to the Wranglers game tonight, dress warm. Get ready for a, a cool wind out there. But uh, other than that, please stay warm. Stay safe out there if you got to drive around. Uh, this is a brutal cold stretch right now. But enjoy the Flames game tonight. Steinberg's got you at 6 o'clock for warm-up. Derek and Megan have the call for you at 7. Uh, we're off tomorrow. we got Calgary Hitman Hockey on your radios in the afternoon and Wranglers Hockey in the evening. So enjoy your weekend, and we'll chat with you again on Monday right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan.